0: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. For most of us, the experience of entering the pandemic, now somehow more than two years ago, was hard enough. But for Mon Valley writer Jim Bush, there was an extra complication. His wife was dying of pancreatic cancer, and when he got the news, he happened to be writing a daily account of life in the shadow of the virus. Pulitzer Prize-winning photographer Martha Ryle was the editor of the project, The Corona Diaries, which came out in hard copy this year. Lead producer Megan Harris is with them both. It's Wednesday, April 6th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh.
1: Well, Martha, I'll start with you. Tell me a little bit about the larger project with McKeesport and getting, you know, citizen journalists engaged in talking about their community.
2: Well, I started working in the community probably about five, six years ago. I did a residency with the Office of Public Art in Hazelwood. And I have worked as a journalist for for many years as a photojournalist. And I've always loved connecting with communities and using storytelling to build communities. So when Andy offered me the position to about two and a half years ago to work in McKeesport, I jumped at it.
1: Andy is Andy Conti. He's the director of Point Park Center for Media Innovation. The center sort of got all this rolling.
2: Yes, and I was basically given the keys to the former Daily News building in McKeesport and said, have at it. And the first thing we did was create a writer's group, and our writer's group is called Tube City Writers. And it's all ages. You don't have to have experience. Some of our participants have a lot of experience, like Jim Bush, and some are just starting out. And we have, and it's also intergenerational. We have teens all the way to seniors.
1: Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about the project of the Corona Diaries. It's a physical book. It's in paperback now. You can get it on Amazon, um, hopefully somewhere else as well, locally. Um, tell us about how the, the book got started.
2: Well, on March 12th, 2020, we had a session of Tube City Writers at the Form Daily News Building. Things were just beginning to shut down we were as a group really humming along things were going really well we were we were growing and there was a lot of excitement but that day there was a lot of fear in the group and i had worked really hard to build relationships in within our group and within the community so i was fearful i was fearful how can we go online and many of my participants do not have the technology at home a couple don't didn't even have internet or they may even have a flip phone they didn't have a smartphone how can I keep everyone connected, physically healthy and emotionally healthy during the early days of the pandemic? So we we ventured online with lots of starts and struggles and and challenges to overcome. But um, when we began to have had our first meeting online, we discussed launching a daily blog called the Corona Diaries, and that was really up to them to determine what that was going to be. And Jim began blogging the very first day and hadn't didn't stop for 365 days. He wrote about his life in tremendous detail with keen observations, what was happening to him, his family, his friends and the and the Mon Valley community.
1: Jim, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in the Mon Valley. You know, what have you done for a living? And how did you get involved with the Tube City Writers?
3: Um- Well, I've lived uh, essentially my entire life here. I'll soon be 70 years old. The property I'm, I live on right now is in my wife's family for over 200 years. And uh, I just I, I, I love this area. I, I think it's the perfect place in the world to live. The weather's nice, the people are good. But um, the way I got involved in it is I am a, uh, a stringer, a freelance writer for the Mon Valley Independent newspaper. Well, I got an email from Stacy Wolford, who is the uh, editor there, and she said, you ought to check this out. You might find it interesting. So I attended one of the meetings and uh, never looked back.
1: So, Jim, you wrote for a year straight all kinds of details about your life and what you were experiencing and what you were feeling as we were all kind of digesting this whole pandemic thing um, for the very first time. How did you get started? How did you decide what is worth, you know, putting pen to paper and what maybe could float on by?
3: Well, the primary concern that I had that year, unlike the rest of the world, was not the pandemic. But it was my wife uh, had pancreatic cancer, and I was watching her die. I'm a journaler by nature. I keep a lot of, I I don't actually keep an honest-to-God diary, but I have many different books where I record different aspects of my life. So it actually came real easy. I sat down and started typing, and, you know, 400 and some thousand words later, I, you know, finished up.
1: Yeah, um I don't know if this was your experience. In my family we had someone be diagnosed with cancer shortly before the pandemic began. You know, in our case we were so fortunate. It was caught very early, but every appointment every treatment, everything this family member went through alone um, with the family waking, waiting in the parking lot and getting news secondhand. Um, and it made the entire experience so much more challenging and I think in a lot of ways really daunting for everyone, but in particular the patient, right, because they have to be the one that experiences this and be their strongest self in a moment of you know tremendous trial. Um, what was that experience like for your family and for you writing about it?
3: Actually, I wrote a good, a good deal about that. Um, one of the entries actually was my wife had to learn that she was going to die all by herself. I mean, she had stage four pancreatic cancer and there was, you know, they tried some things, but they knew it was hopeless. And I sat in a parking garage while she had to listen to that news and face it. We were very, very close. I mean, um, To this day, I feel bad that I didn't kick in the door and just, you know, (laughs) wrestle the security guards to the ground and be there with her. And she went through levels of chemo and radiation, and I had to hang out and just, you know, either sit in the car or, you know, go to Panera or something later on. And I I, I really felt bad because, you know, we, we spent so much of our life together, and here was this critical final chapter and a lot of time we had to you know stay apart
2: i'm so sorry jim
3: so yeah that was that was very difficult
2: yeah and the diaries really evolve over time the first month or so it's panic i mean we were told to stay at home flatten the curve we had no idea how this was going to work out and Jim's journey especially, how he managed to to navigate this is astounding to me and inspiring to me and to the rest of our contributors and participants in the McKeesport Community Newsroom. He is a leader in our group. Everyone looks up to him, they, they respect him and he's always generous with the feedback which is really crucial to growing as a writer and as a storyteller and you know many of the entries are hard to read quite frankly because of his experience but he manages to address some with humor and 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 really share the moments of joy with us as too and it was interesting we didn't always expect him to join us because quite frankly he, you know Glenda needed him, but Glenda was always the first to say, "Hey, go to your writers group, go to the photography group, spend some time with your with your storytelling peeps."
1: And Glenda is your wife of you said more than fifty years, is that right?
3: Well, yeah, we made our forty ninth uh, anniversary, but uh, well, not quite, just shy of forty nine years. But uh, well, we actually knew each other since uh, middle school. I
1: think that counts. You get to round up if that's the case.
3: Yeah. When, when I listen to Martha talk I, about me, I, I think about the Mark Twain remark. When somebody would praise him, he'd say, now I know how the uh, pancakes feel when they pour the syrup on them. <laughs> and that that is very much the way I feel because uh, one of my favorite poets is Mae Sarton. And I like her instructions for life, which is three steps. Look around, Be amazed tell about it. And that's sort of like the function of my life. I am, much of my career, I was a sales trainer. So I stand up in front of groups and talk and, you know, I just share stuff.
1: You know, in addition to, you know, this huge life-altering event, were there any, you know, bright spots or days that, you know, just brought you tremendous joy?
3: Believe it or not, I wrote a whole series of uh, posts about my battles with a with a groundhog. <laughs> Because uh, my wife likes to feed her birds and she saw on TV this little uh, picnic table for the squirrels with little cups in it and they sit in the table. So I, you know, I'm a pretty good woodworker and like I said, I'm a blacksmith so I can make things. So I made one for her and we sat on the ground and the groundhog came and ate from it. So she said, well, that's for the squirrels. So then I made her a table to put, to put it on and the groundhog climbed the table. And then we went through a whole a couple of weeks of trying to keep the groundhog off, away from this thing. And, uh, you know, in the battle between me and Chuck was rather an amusing thing. Oh my God. I tend not to be a real serious person. Um, that's the challenge that I'm having now in dealing with grief, is that uh, I really have no practice at being sad. Yeah. And since July 15th, I've got more practice than I ever want. So I'm still kind of maneuvering that. But yeah, I, I tend to, even about serious things, I tend to sometimes write a little humorous. I, I, I wrote a lot of stuff about uh, what it was like to shop. It, I write stream of consciousness, so it's whatever hits my head. Yeah, a, a battle
1: with a groundhog sounds very Pennsylvanian of you, Jim.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: So what comes next in the project? You know, the book is out in print now. Um, actually, let's start over. What does it feel like to see the book out in print now?
2: It's gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. We're still waiting for them to be delivered. But Jim's daughter, Rachel, went ahead and purchased a copy for him. So he has it in hand. Yeah, Jim, you're holding your copy now.
3: Yeah, she's uh, uh, not known for her patience, my daughter. uh, She was actually my first blog post about her. But the thing that, uh, uh, and this was Martha's idea, and I dearly appreciate it. The dedication on the frontest piece of the book is, to Glenda Beresky-Bush, a true daughter of the Mon Valley. Uh, that means that means a lot to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We, were, we were happy to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your writing and for your work, and Martha, for bringing all of these like minds together.
3: It's helped me survive a very difficult time in my life. Thank you, Jim.
1: The Tomb City Writers will be having a reading and book signing on Friday at the Carnegie Library of McKeesport at 2 p.m. And they're always looking for new members. If you're a Mon Valley resident who loves to write or take photos or just wants to get better at either, you're welcome to get in touch with Martha. We'll have contact info in our show notes.
0: Here's what else is happening in Pittsburgh. The estate of Jim Rogers filed a federal wrongful death lawsuit against the city and the officers involved in the incident that led to his death. Rogers was tased at least eight times by officer Keith Edmonds after being accused of stealing a bike. He died at the hospital one day later. The lawsuit alleges excessive force and deliberate indifference to medical needs. And former Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto has a new job after leaving office. Peduto is joining Carnegie Mellon University's Heinz College of Information Systems and Public Policy as a distinguished executive in residence, very she-she. Peduto will serve as a guest lecturer and co-teach a course that hasn't been finalized yet. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're liking the show, tell a friend, rate us, and leave a review. And don't sleep on the newsletter. It's really good, too. It's got a bunch of cool stuff to keep you moving through the week. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then. That's why I was like, should I feed you lines?